0: You're now listening to Her Light Shines podcast, where we thrive to brighten your inner light through bold, expressive, and transparent engagement. I'm your host and the creator of Her Light Shines, Stardesia. Be sure to follow and tag Her Light Shines on all of our social media platforms found at www.herlightshines.com. And now, the show. My name is Stardesia founder and chief creative officer of Her Light Shines. And on this platform, we highlight women from all different arenas. We talk about a list of issues that we go through as women, and I'm so excited. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at Her Light Shines, subscribe to our YouTube channel. But without further ado, y'all, let me tell you about Tati. She She know how to do this hair, okay? Like For those of you who know me, y'all know my hair is a lot to deal with, but she knows how to tame my hair. So Tatiana, she is the owner of Tamed Tresses. She's from Savannah, Georgia. She's 24 years old. She went to school at Georgia Southern University where she pursued her degree in education. Tati is very multifaceted, so we're gonna get into that, but let me just go ahead and bring her on. So everyone meet Tati. (laughs) Hello. <laughs> so first things first, just tell us how you doing. How is life going for you? Um, life is going really, really well. Um, I'm excited about everything. So much has transpired this year. But the biggest blessing right now is I'm expecting twin girls. Mm-hmm. So I'm super excited about that. Mm. Um, so I can't wait to see what the next year is going to bring with my bundles of joys here. Yes, listen, I'm such a girl fanatic, and <laughs> all this pink. So I'm so happy for you. Like, oh my Thank goodness. You. I'm like, yes, twin girls. <laughs> yes, I know you're just full of joy. Like, I see it on your face. You're glowing. Yes. So. I'm so yeah. excited. Yes, so I'm going to just get straight into it because. Okay. I know a lot of people can relate to this topic, you know, with switching careers. Mm-hmm. You know, as millennials, young millennials, we're very interested in exploring our options. But before we get into you actually, you know, switching your careers, what encouraged you to pursue a degree in early childhood education? Um, so I think what really pursued me was um going back to the very beginning. When you're at that weird stage of graduating high school and you have family and friends asking you, okay, well, what's your next plan? Um, what are you gonna do after high school? You kind of start crumbling, like, what am I really gonna do? So, actually, um, my first freshman year, I enrolled as a nursing student. And I failed my first class, and that was the first time I had ever failed any type of course. And so that actually brought me to the drawing table to really say, okay, Tatiana, um, you know, you're paying for school. Failure is not an option, so what do you really want to do? And my entire life, I've always been attracted to children um, and vice versa. Like, children would just gravitate towards me, and, you know, I will just... Embrace them and love them like they were my own. Um, so, when I went to originally before we merged with Georgia Southern, we were Armstrong State University. And I went through their um, different colleges to see what they offered. So, I didn't have to transition to a whole nother university. And I saw um, early childhood education. So, I was super nervous because um, at that time, my parents were super involved because, you know, I'm just a freshman starting out. So, I was like, Super nervous to even say I wanted to switch my major, but um, I said, Well, I know I'm passionate about children, I know that naturally I can recognize their emotions, their feelings, and you know, just give them something that I have, which is love that is unconditional. So I went to my parents and told them, Hey. You know, nursing isn't working. I've already failed this class. I have to do something else. Mm-hmm. So that made me enroll into the education program. And um, that was the first step into everything else. But even before college, when I was in high school, mm-hmm. I served as a counselor at the Salvation Army here in Savannah. Um, I went, I attended there first. And then the next year I was actually their youngest Workers, so i got hired at um 15 to be a camp counselor and i always worked with the five and six year olds seven to eight year olds but of course i knew everyone at the summer camp so that was like my first first moment where i was really engaged and responsible for a group of children at a young age myself because you know at their age i think i'm super old but in reality i was only 15 16 right. 17 years old so from there having that experience Every summer, um, all my jobs consisted of something in the child care realm and even throughout my matriculation in college. Right. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I totally relate to that. You know, with my mom being an educator, I was around the school system pretty much all my life. So. Mm -hmm you know, that's all I knew. Like, if you look at my resume, education, me working in children environments, it's like scattered everywhere. So I much understand that, you know, you can't really run and it's hard to find someone who's passionate about the youth, Mm -hmm. which sounds crazy because you would think more people would want to teach and want to be around children. But that's not the case. Right. It definitely takes a different level of patience and understanding because my biggest thing, most of my jobs have been in communities where we serve more so lower income students and the demographics was primarily African-American students. And, you know, me being a young African-American woman, I felt like that was the best area for me to be in to reach back and give back to my community. And at 15, when I was doing it, I didn't understand it to the level that I do now being 24 and saying, wow, you know, at that age, I was really already having young children look up to me. And, you know, now with social media and everything, some of my students, they have grown up. They found me on Instagram. They'll send me a message. Hey, Miss Tatiana. Hey, Miss Andrews. um, I miss you. I love you so much. So, you know, even at 15, I was already able to impact them and they still remember me and recognize me, and their parents still see me. So it's it's a beautiful thing. And I, I absolutely love children. I love the whole childcare industry and everything about it. Like yes. it grinds my gears. <laughs> it's a very rewarding industry. Yes. So let's fast forward. What mm-hmm. age were you when you actually graduated college? Um, when I graduated college, I graduated in 2020. So if I'm doing my math correctly. Um, I was 22 when I graduated from Georgia Southern, um, and then 23, and then here I am, 24. So, right. right. I was transitioning because I turned yes. 23 that summer. <laughs> yes, it was a lot going on in 2020. So, yes. I can only imagine how you'd get confused about that. But, yes. So, your senior year in college, mm-hmm. did it ever cross your mind that you were actually not going to? Like, did you ever second guess yourself, you know, like, on the way to graduation or you were just fully confident that you were going to teach, you were going to be content teaching? Like, how was that for you? Um. Well, honestly, um, most people don't know this, but teaching was never my end goal. Teaching was just another way for me to understand um, a different aspect of the education world because I already had it from the lens of after school care and summer camping. So I wanted to see, okay, well, what does it look like Inside of the classroom, we have been having total responsibility. You know, it's one thing to teach and be underneath someone else, but it's another thing when you have all those responsibilities on your own. So because my end goal still with child care is to have a learning center, I just want it to be well-rounded in everything. So when I do open my learning center, I can know, okay, well... When I have these two to four-year-olds when they go to pre-k and kindergarten and this is what the classroom is going to look like this is what teachers are really you know expecting students to either already know or at least you know have some type of structure so my focus when I went into the school system was I knew I wanted to be in the lower grades of course when I interview I didn't want to put myself in a box and say no I only want to just teach this but my heart only wanted to work with the younger children right. because I knew my focus was going to be um, the younger grades due to me wanting to open a learning center. So right. fortunately, you know, God blessed me to be able to teach kindergarten and first grade within one school year. Um, so when I graduated, to answer your question, bring it full circle. Um, Teaching, to to summarize it, was just something that I wanted to do. So it was more of a bucket list item and to say, you know, I did it and I completed it. Right. Yes. So you talked about, you know, you actually being able to teach in 2020 (laughs) in the midst of a pandemic, and you actually taught two grade levels. So tell us about that whole experience. (laughs) Okay, so um, the school that I went back to teach to is a part of my home. Everything that I do, I find a way to do it with purpose. And I actually interviewed with a bunch of different schools. But once I got the yes from my home school, when I went there, it was Brockville Elementary. But it is now Brock Elementary. I was so, so excited. Um, So like you stated, I taught during the so when I graduated, spring break came. And we actually didn't get to go back to the classroom. So I had a fourth grade class that I was student teaching underneath. So when I started school, it was teaching on my own. It was the 2020-2021 school year. Yeah. Um, so I kind of already had an idea of where it was going. But I came in with the new school year of um, students and parents having the ability to either be at home and learn or be in the classroom and learn. So the biggest challenge, I think, would be changing back and forth between what we were doing week to week. because. Based on numbers, based on science, based on votes—you know, all of that—the the politics side of things kind of changed how the classroom ran. So, you know, me being a product of Chatham County school system, along with student teaching, I had one idea going into it, and so mm-hmm. fortunately, being young, technology savvy, social media savvy, mm-hmm. it was easy for me to switch to virtual learning, um, find a median to meet with my kindergarten. I started off the school year with kindergarten students and really embrace them. So, you know, while I'm learning what's keeping the students engaged there, they, they're learning from me as well. So it was new for all of us and it was a fresh set of students and everything. So the parents were engaged just as much as I was. So teaching kindergarten was absolutely amazing. Um, But the side of it that kind of shifted me was just not knowing, you know, who was coming to class each week, or you know, if my students had Wi-Fi, or you know, just what was going on. Things that we naturally, you know, think about, but it's just out of our control. So when you're so passionate about something and you have this love and care for these students, Mm -hmm. it kind of, you know, it it weighs on you. So you can only do the best that you can do. Do you have apparel? Or no, I didn't have, everything was so new. I didn't have a camera. Oh, that is crazy. Yes, I I I was definitely like in there, like d- just doing my thing. I did the best that I knew how. And you know, just listening to my parents give me advice and my principal and co-workers and just everyone mm-hmm. in the building just encouraging me. That kept me going. And my students looking forward to coming to class every day really, you know, allow me to make it to the finish line. So if it wasn't for them, you know, I may have stopped in December and said, no, this isn't me. But knowing each day, you know, my students wanted to know what did I do the night before just as much as I wanted to know what did they do that kept me going. And um, transitioning to first grade, you know, I kind of just had to go with the flow, but it also worked because we had that um, that gap with the students not going back to school. So they had some catching up to do. So it was, looking back, it was a blessing to be able to um, teach both grade levels and bring them you know, up to the next grade level that they needed to be at, um, to be successful in second grade and those that were in kindergarten, be ready for their new kindergarten teacher and everything. And that's extremely, you know, like satisfying to know that you actually completed one year with them, because I still remember my kindergarten and first year, Mm -hmm. first Mm year teachers. So let's just shift gears a bit, because I want to know how you felt when you had to tell your principal (laughs) (laughs) that you were not coming back next year. Like, (laughs) I do just- well, fortunately, I, I'm big on building relationships, so I had already built a relationship with my principal prior to making my decision. Um, so around December or so, I kind of started saying, Okay, you know, writing thinking about New Year's resolutions and everything. I was like, Okay, Tatiana, I'm I feel like high school again. What do you really want to do? What do you really want to do? And um, so my brain is just in overload, so along with teaching. Um, I didn't mention this, but in the afternoon I would go and I would service my clients. Um so reality is you look at finances um and comparing the two, me doing hair was something that financially was make was, you know, make me more money than teaching. But when you're teaching is passion, just with everything that you should be doing is passion. I have a passion for hair also. Um so when I went to my principal, she already knew, aside from teaching, that I was in the hair industry as well, um, because we had those type of conversations. So um, I actually came home to my mom and I said, well, you know, I'm, I don't feel like I'm going to be happy next year being in the classroom because hair is something that I've always done at the end of childcare." during the summer, working at Boys and Girls Club, anything that I did, hair always came at the end. So it was an opportunity where I just, I I felt the shift coming and I was like, you know, I didn't want to feel burnt out. So before I got to the point of getting burnt out, I went back to the drawing board and I said, okay, I need to have this honest conversation with my principal and let her know what my plans look like for the next school year. So I wouldn't catch her off guard. Um, And so I can just know, You know, just her thoughts on it because I'm always open to sound advice from people that, you know, I trust. And so, um, I wasn't really nervous. I was confident because I had a plan. Now, if I just would have went to her and said, I don't want to teach anymore, that may have went different. But because I shared my plan with her and my vision, she was very supportive. And, you know, that alone made me feel even better. And it also, you know, to hear her say, I will always, as long as she's there, I would have a home to go back to if I was ready to go back in the classroom. Mm -hmm. That let me know that. You know, my hard work didn't go in vain, and that the decision I was making, you know, was still the right things to do. Right. So, you mentioned that, you know, when you were off of work, you would go service your clients. Mm-hmm. Was that like a self care practice for you? Although, you know, getting my hair done is my self care practice. <laughs> was it relaxing for you, you know, to just get off a stressful, high-tense job to go and, you know, do some hair? Yes, hair from the very beginning, even when I was in high school in the bathroom, you know, flipping my bangs when I got off the bus, hair has always been something that was just therapeutic for me. And um, I love people. And so you meet so many different people in the hair industry. And that's That's a different type of relationship that you have than you do with children. So I got a good balance of having adult relationships as well as as children relationships. But they still kind of met in the middle because I would have clients with children. So they would want to hear my advice about child care. And then, you know, they're adults and they're in the career world. So now I can talk to them about my -hmm. discrepancy about what do I really want to do and everything. So. You know, to me, they meshed well together, and I know to other people, they feel like childcare and hair is are two extremely different um, mm-hmm. industries. But to me, it's all I know. I've done it together simultaneously, so right. I never saw it being something so different. Right. So you know, I went to college. I went to KSU and CAU, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of my you know classmates now who. Switch careers and they had a hard time. One person, she went to school for biology, you know, to go to med school. Unfortunately, she couldn't get into med school for some things. So she had to shift gears. Now she's a teacher, you know, and teach with any degree. But what advice would you give young people in their 20s who's really uncertain about whether they're making the right decision? I mean, it's it's a lot of different um, variables on the table. Money, we want to make money. We don't like to be micromanaged. <laughs> we like to be in control of our own time. So, I mean, what advice would you give people in their 20s who's considering switching careers or they must- switch careers my my advice at this moment um, based on where I'm at and this advice may look different you know five years from now but the biggest thing is to be honest with yourself and when I say be honest with yourself somewhere deep down you know what you really want to do in life and what you do in life may not align with what your peers are doing what your family may want you to do but looking back at what is going to make you wake up every day and say I did it I'm proud of myself um, even if I only make two dollars, this is what I enjoy doing. Um, the reality of it is yes, we do have bills, yes, we do still want to enjoy life, we want to travel, we want to do all these things, but you also have to understand stand down. And I know we toss that term around stand down, so I come up, but my version of stand down is saying, Okay, I'm gonna make this sacrifice for a year to complete teaching. But I'm not going to stop stop doing hair. I'm I'm now sacrificing, you know, time with friends. I'm sacrificing, you know, sleep sometimes to get it done. Yes. So you have to be honest with yourself and you have to be willing to give something up. So yes. that could simply be, you know, if you're used to being on social media, if you're used to going to the mall, some, something has to give for you to receive the greater good of what you're trying to get out of life because we're all here for a purpose. So yes. Only you know your purpose, and throughout my entire process of uh, being confident and you know well aware about what I wanted to do, I had to isolate myself, and I had to isolate myself not in a sense where I just didn't talk to people, but right. isolate myself to the point where you know even if people were saying, "Oh, hair is just you know a small business," or "Oh, teachers don't make that much," just listen to that and just know that. They're only saying that because they can only speak from where they have been or where they are in life. Yes. What, what, whatever you have inside of you, the other person doesn't have. And so I had to just isolate myself and ignore it and say, Yes, I hear what you're saying. I was never, you know, negative to say, Oh, well, you just don't know. I'm getting ready to open up a salon. I just shook my head. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Okay. Thank you. I'll take that into consideration. But I kept working and yeah. I never compared myself. Um, it's easy to compare and say, oh, wow, you know, she's 24. She's already done so much. But I started, you know, even younger at this. Right. So, you know, you have to just say, wherever you are in life, make that your starting point. So if you wake up today and say, man, I'm, in my third year of college, mm-hmm. but I didn't even really want to be in college. Have that honest conversation with yourself, but create a plan. Um, every time I transition to something new, I already had the next thing lined up. Now, that's one thing I will say. I I see a lot of people in our in the twenties that are making decisions so impulsively, and so then they feel like, oh, I have all this on me. I have this burden on me. But if you plan properly the outcome will, you know, it'll it'll be better managed. And planning. Yeah, planning mm-hmm. and prioritizing, you know, okay, well, what can I take away for right now that mm-hmm. will suffice me in my lifestyle for now? Um, so when I transitioned from teaching, I knew in February I needed to sign my contract. But I said, if I don't sign this contract, Tatiana, you have to have a plan on what you're going right. to do when the next school term comes. So even when I declined my contract in my heart, I knew. And when I wrote it out that I was gonna do this, um, open this salon, everything aligned in March, April, May, June. So I didn't have to go back to the classroom, but I was humble. I'm humble enough and I, I understand humility. to so go back and say, well, my plan didn't work out. So I'm okay. I may I may need another year in the classroom to figure it out. And that's okay. Don't be afraid to go back. That's why you build relationships with people. That's why you don't burn bridges. That's why you try to stay positive because you never know when you have to reach back and still get help. You know, it's okay to get help as long as it's real, it's genuine, and you can just dis- discern that on your own. So be honest with yourself, have a plan, and be willing to make sacrifices along the way. Everything is not going to be peaches and cream at the beginning. You're going to have some failures. You're going to have people that feel like they already know so much more than you. Just take it all in. Take bits and pieces of what you need from that, and you just move forward. But you have to spend time isolating yourself and gathering what does, what, what is going to keep your candle lit, you know? Yes, so... And, you know, that brings us to our next topic is defying the odds. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I pulled up this quote from Joel Olstein, and it says, as long as you think the odds are against you, you will get stuck where you are. So I want to know what approach did you take defying the odds? And um, did you look at the odds being for you or against you? When it comes to the odds, um, being that I have... My spirituality is, um, I have a strong belief in God. God is my everything. He is the light. He guides me. He takes my prayers. He already knows the desires of my heart and he already has a plan for me. So growing up knowing that, um, I had to have that self-awareness. And so when it came to what people may seem as odds, I just said, okay, this is one of those challenges where either you're going to let it make you or you're going to let it break you. And sometimes it did break me, but when it broke me, once it it broke me and I looked back to it, I said, Wow, God, you, you were trying to show me something there, but I was in my own way. I didn't want it to go like that. I tried to go around it an easier route, or I tried to ignore, you know, whatever it was. So um now being 24, being this salon owner. I, I don't see odds in my way. I don't see any of that anymore because I've already endured what, excuse me, what I thought were odds back then. And it really wasn't anything that I felt like was something that was coming up against me was something that I put my own self in because mm-hmm. I wanted to take a shortcut or, you know, I was trying to do something too fast right? versus just doing it. And being aligned, you know, while doing it, or understanding, well, maybe it's not the season for you to be open to this because you need to learn a little bit more before you go into this. And, you know, even I didn't say this at the beginning, but I had to take a semester off from college. um, So I didn't graduate when I was supposed to graduate. So that was something that was really failing my freshman year. And then, you know, having to sit out to retest to make sure. I was ready for the gays. You know, back then I was like, man, I'm never going to be I'm never going to be done with college, but in reality, once I got into the education program, I was with the best set of um colleagues. So we all really supported each other. And I'm like, man, had I got in earlier, I might have been with a group that didn't really match who I was. And it could have been totally different. Whereas now it it may have been a delay back then in my eyes, but God wanted me with these people. God wanted me to be able to experience the pandemic and, and speak from the lens of you know, all this. God put me here now to even be having this interview with you. So um, whenever you feel like you have the eyes against you, just understand that. Don't look at it as, as the eyes. Just look at it as a lesson and say, well, what, what do I need to get from this? Um, and so if you keep that in mind, you'll be able to gradually progress past any and absolutely everything, but I always keep God first. I write down any desires of my heart. I Mm -hmm. always give thanks and everything and I'm I'm okay with waiting. Right. And I was thinking to myself, you know, God's timing is perfect, Mm -hmm. very intentional, but if we move outside of God's timing, we can be causing, you know, delay within our life. So what would you say, you know, to the listeners who's Afraid to step out on faith because they don't want to be delayed because they already experience, you know, delayed gratification. And, you know, it, it doesn't make you feel good. Because it's almost like, you know, like God told you, you should have this. And it's like, well, why haven't I got it yet? Um, but you just have to wait. You have to wait and you need to go back and just reexamine what is going on. What do I need to do? what Who am I around? What am I doing differently that's making this not tangible for me? Yes, I'm trying to find this scripture okay um okay so proverbs 13 12 it says when your hope is deferred it makes the heart sick mm-hmm. you know, so when your dreams are deferred it, it makes you feel like you're dying you know what i'm saying like it can right. really go to that you know extent so i really believe that is important to just have faith you know and mm-hmm. then also if it doesn't happen you know in your timing. You have to trust God in His time, right? And and it'll it'll make you sick, but that's because you know it belongs to you. But that doesn't mean you have to stay sick. You know they have all this medication out here to be clothes <laughs> right. and stuff. So why can't you just get over this sickness and say, "Hey, I was sick today, but tomorrow I'm, I'm all well." Mm-hmm. You know he he wants us to be happy. God doesn't want us to to have any worries in our heart. He wants us to depend on Him wholeheartedly, and so. When we do that and we do it, you know, intentionally, everything will be better. You'll understand those sick days. You weren't really sick, but you felt sick, and here you are today and you're you're still standing. So um, you know, it's all about what you're feeding your thoughts. And even, you know, throughout the day, if you're if you're someone who, you know, spends a lot of time in the internet world, whatever you're feeding your thoughts, that's what you that's what you're gonna start, you know, thinking of yourself or comparing yourself to or feeling defeated about because now you're looking at everything else when you need to be looking at yourself, just you one-on-one in the mirror. Yes. And I can say you are a master at that, you know, with focusing on you, because let me tell y'all, so, you know, Tati, she does my hair. She's been doing my hair for what, I believe four or five years now. Mm -hmm. It's been that long. But I had no clue that she was actually opening the shop. Like, this just (laughs) did move in silence. And out of nowhere, you know, I got an invite. Hey, this is my shop's brand open. I'm like, what? So what what prompted you to just be quiet about actually building your salon? Like, that was very crazy. It taught me a lesson. I'm like, listen, I need to do that. Um, because I have been the type of person before where I get so excited. I love sharing news because I never think like you know something someone will feel negative about or someone wouldn't be happy for me because I you know I'm like mm-hmm. I love sharing news. Why not? So um, but honestly, it was it was it was a it was a new. Um, it was just something new that I wanted to do because I'm so used to sharing stuff so fast because right. I do love sharing information. But this time I said, you know, this is my baby. I'm really putting, you know, blood, sweat, and tears into this. And because I already heard people telling me, oh hair, you know, just keep that as a side hustle. You know, it wasn't just like, man, like aside from my family, it wasn't anybody saying like, and Frank, I did have some friends that, you know, already knew, but they weren't just like, oh, you know, I see you doing this. I see you doing this. They were trying to put me in a box. And so that just really pushed me to be like, okay, like, no, I'm not just the teacher or no, I'm not just, you know, Q and Deidre's daughter. I am more than what y'all think you all, you know, know. So here, you know, when I opened the salon, it was like, wow, like, you know, where did you get the money to do this? When did you have time to find these things? But that's not for everybody to know mm-hmm. um, you know now that i'm done i i have no problem sharing how i got to where i got with the salon and everything like that but it was something that i really wanted to see through to the end and i wanted it to be something you know that i got to share intimately and really feel every emotion of throughout the process when it came to you know finding the location you know spending money to renovate the place, Um, just the small things that go into the salon and the security system, exhaust this, that, and the third. And that I was, was saying, a very wise decision for you yeah. to, make, you know, because you were learning. You know, you didn't know exactly, you know, how to get mm-hmm. through the process. You probably, you know, salon owners right give you advice, but you had to experience it for yourself. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, talking too much it can cause discouragement within, right? Your- and it'll feel like one of those eyes, like, oh, hold up, the eyes are against mm-hmm. me because now everybody's like, oh, you need to do this, this, and this, yeah. and this, and this, and this, this, this. Mm-hmm. And so then it makes your mind go into over. Low, but this time I was quiet. My parents, you know, I had close friends, and you know, I had like two mentors that really guided me throughout the process. Um, and they were all just so encouraging and so supportive. So now here I am, two months in, and my business is is truly flourishing. And um, I'm I'm grateful for that, yes. Um, And honestly, you are a testament, you know, if you follow your heart, if you trust mm -hmm. yourself, your abilities, and you trust God; like anything yeah. can happen, you know. And now, just seeing you glowing, flourishing, and it's happening so fast, but it's like you yeah. keeping up with it because you're so stern and rooted, you know, in your faith and in your self belief. So that's really inspiring. I feel like if a lot of people had your mindset, you know, this world, like there would be so many different creatives, <laughs> and you know, like honestly, it all starts within the mind. Yes. Yeah. And mental health nowadays is a huge problem. Mm-hmm. So that brings me to my last question. Okay. As far as mental health, because I know you say, you know, you're moving in silence, you know, you don't want too many people to hear because all of that noise is just irrelevant, right? Mm-hmm. So when it comes to maintaining like a balance within your social life, mm-hmm. what keeps you what keeps you so balanced, you know, with Having your previous students, you know, still reaching out parents, family, friends, your shop mm-hmm. what keeps you sane? And now that you're expecting twin mm-hmm. girls, <laughs> what keeps you sane, girl? I need to know. <laughs> a um, I mean, the short answer would just be going to sleep and just yeah. cutting off the world, but um, mm-hmm. honestly, um. I read this book, I started back reading again, because reading was something that I enjoyed as a child. But when you go through school, reading kind of becomes a job versus, you know, just something that you do for enjoyment. So I read this book about setting boundaries. And I, in my head, I knew it was important to have boundaries and healthy boundaries, but I didn't really know what approach to do it, because I'm always thinking about, you know, not hurting someone else's feeling or, you know, something that I say come across wrong, but I realize, you know, say how you feel about things. And so in in everything that I've done, I've always tried to be as honest and transparent as possible, which has helped me keep my sanity because now people know and they respect the space that I need. And, you know, even some people can say now, okay, well, you know, she's being a little quiet, so let me go ahead and, Mm -hmm. you know, be quiet or something too. So, you know, they adjust accordingly as well. So um, I think the biggest thing is setting healthy boundaries and not overextending myself. Once upon a time, I would say yes to everything. I would want to be a part of everything. But, you know, being able to say, no, this doesn't work with me right now. Or, you know, um, if we have something planned and it changes, saying, okay, well, this, you know, just... Being honest about it and not trying to, to satisfy everybody, not be a people pleaser. Um, once I got away from that and really just said, okay, Tatiana, you know, if this isn't don't if this isn't going to make you happy, then why are you doing it? If these people are giving you a headache when you walk away from them, why are you talking to them? You know, yes. it's okay to gradually move away from people. It's okay to love people with the long wooden spoon. Um, but at the end of the day, when I leave this earth, it's just gonna be me. So if I'm constantly trying to please people, I'm gonna always be insane because I'm gonna be thinking about well, how did this make them feel? Because I told them no, I couldn't go to event or how's this gonna make them feel because I didn't answer their call or text them back immediately. So setting those those healthy boundaries that work for you. Yeah. Um, and staying consistent with them because that's the first step. You can you can set them, but if you're not consistent, then it's it's Your work has now went in vain but being consistent with it and being stern with it and letting people know right then and there i Mm -hmm. used to be a person excuse me if something occurred i might have to take a day or two to think about it but by then that person may have already moved on from it but if i go ahead and address situations or how something made me feel in that moment Mm -hmm. i've learned that it's worked better for me and you know, I'm big on um, letting people know, you know, I need some space. I need some time to myself today. I just want to rest today. Um, And especially sure. now. Because- Honesty really is key. Like, yeah, if you aren't honest with others, you're not honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. So, because they're only going to treat you based on what you allow. So if I'm uh, constantly allowing clients to call me after 9 o'clock <laughs> and never say, well, I'm only talking to you from 8 to 5, Way. It's no boundaries set there. If I was to allow my parents to text me outside of four o'clock to ask about homework, it's no boundaries there. If I'm allowing everyone to give me advice about raising my newborns, mm-hmm. it's no boundaries there. So, yes, just being honest and letting people, you know, know. Thank you, thank you for your advice, or thanks you for your help, or thank you for the invite <laughs> and all of that. But this doesn't work for me. Yes, okay. you won't There's have no respect. Problem. You. <laughs> yes, you won't have no problem cuz I'm I know this mom, she's a new mom, she's young too and mm-hmm. she's always she's like listen I don't care if you're my mama, my grandmama, my auntie, don't tell me how to raise my child. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, and and see, it's it's all about how you do it, because, you know, that wouldn't be something that I personally would say. You know, I will always thank people because I know for the most part, those that are in my life currently, they only want the best for me. So, you know, I'll say thank you. But, you know, I found this a better way to work and it's a new day and age now so what worked when y'all raised us in the 90s might not ne- necessarily work in the 2000s plus you know no one in my family here recently you know has raised twins has been a salon owner so everything is so different so you know just as much as I'm pulling from them them they're pulling from from yes. me too. and so that's a healthy relationship i never want to feel like i have to tell people don't tell me anything and that that's not okay yes Yes, that's perfect. And honestly, like you said, you know, you learning from them; they're learning from you because mm-hmm. you're the first one. And that's why I had to have you on her life. <laughs> I, I know you know this, but I'm gonna tell you again: there's a lot of people who are rooting for you. You know what I'm saying? They may I not get it, it, but you really are the trendsetter in defying those odds and breaking barriers. And we just like, listen, if Tati can do it, I can figure out how to do this thing, too. So mm-hmm. I just to shine a light on you. I thank you so much for spending, what, almost an hour with us. You are so busy, so productive. But I will see you in a few days to get my hair done. Because- yes. And I know we'll be chit-chatting even more. You know, this was truly really a blessing. And like I always tell you, you know, this is an awesome platform that you have created. And it's really good to, you know, shine the light on those in the community, outside of our community that are really making a difference. So, you know, I am super appreciative that you thought of me and asked me to come on. And, um, you know, to those that are listening when they do see this, you know, I'm always just... One DM, text message, if you have my number, call away. Um, Like I said about the boundaries, uh, um, you know, it might not be immediately, but just know that I'm not one that you can't come to if you have questions or concerns. You know, I, I love sharing knowledge with people because that's the only way we can make this world a better place. Correct. So tell everyone where they can find you. I'm going to tag it. Okay. So um, if you're into the personal life of things, um, you know, a day in the life of being a new mom and all of that, you can follow my Instagram at trulytaty underscore. So that would be T-R-U-L-Y-T-A-T-Y underscore. Um, if you're looking to get your tresses tamed, you can follow me at tresses underscore T-A-M-E-D-T-R-E-S-S-E-S underscore. And my salon website is www.taintresses.salon And I'm on Facebook at Tatiana Andrews. So any of those platforms will be something that you can reach out to me on, whether it's personal or hair related. Um, you know, I have my hours that I respond to people, but um, I'm available and I'm grateful. <laughs> and I want everyone to be successful. So I'm just excited about whatever is coming next and whoever I meet next. Yes. So that brings us to the end of this week's episode. I want to thank Tatiana so much for coming and joining us on her Light Shines podcast. She is truly a light trailblazing her life's path. And I want everyone who's listening to know you are more than capable to shift gears in any given moment if you feel like you deserve more you know, at the end of the day, we're here to live our lives purpose on purpose. So do what you have to do, defy those odds and kill it because only you can. It's your life, it's your light. But if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe, follow, and share this podcast to all of your friends, colleagues, everyone in sight. I definitely want to grow this community beyond the internet so that's going to take a lot of push so help me push this podcast and if you haven't already follow us on instagram at her light shines and we're also on facebook at her light shines one so with everything coming to an end for this week's episode remember to lighten up and lighten the load because this world so desperately needs your light talk to you later peace